Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I'm so glad to be here. It's Friday. It's time for the Friday Night Lights High School Football Preview Review Show for Week 9. I can't believe that this high school football season has flown by. We've got just a couple of more weeks left. Then it will be time for playoffs for Alabama and Georgia. Just want to remind all my listeners that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key out of Noonan, Georgia. We are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, and Christie's Cafe. Later on the show, I'm going to have my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank, as we are going to recap the game that we called last week between Glenwood and Monroe Academy, and we are going to preview this upcoming Russell County Park Crossing game. But first, let's get right into some of the games that are going on tonight. We did not have a whole lot of action last night, but I'm going to break down the two games that were in action last night, starting at Kennett Stadium. Northside was taking on a region opponent, Northgate, out of Noonan. And Northside was down in this game, but they were able to claw their way back and get the 33-27 to win. What can you say about Malachi Hosley? He is just a highlight machine. And Northside right now is looking great. 7-1 overall, 2-0 in the region. And they have got two more opponents. Next week they take on Drew, and then they take on McIntosh. If they win those games, Northside will be region champs for the first time in school history. I'm really excited to see where this Northside Patriots team can go when it comes to state playoffs because they are looking good. Their only loss was to LaGrange. That tells you how great LaGrange is and how great that region is for 4A. Speaking of LaGrange, LaGrange and Troop County both have buys this week. I'll get into their season once I reveal my top 10 later in the show. Congratulations to the Hardaway Hawks. Picking up their first win in region play by getting a narrow 15-14 win on the road against Westover in Albany, Georgia. And Hardaway is 2-6 on the year, 1-1 in region play. Westover falls to 2-6 and and they are 0-2 in region play. Hardaway's got a big game next week at Kennett Stadium where they will take on the Shaw Raiders. These two teams remained in 4A. When they did the reclassification last year, Carver and Columbus went down to 3A. Jordan, Kendrick, and Spencer all went down to 2A. So these two teams by default are crosstown rivals, and they play each other next week 
at Kinnett Stadium. Speaking of Jordan, Spencer, and Kendrick, all three teams are on a bye. I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I want to preview the doubleheader that's going to be next week at Otis Spencer Stadium. I've seen the news footage. They're going to have a ribbon-cutting ceremony tomorrow. There's going to be a live shot from the stadium. I cannot wait to see this state-of-the-art stadium. It's going to be like a college football stadium. You're going to get two slate of games next week. The first game, the Kendrick Cherokees are going to host Southwest. That's going to be Thursday night, October the 20th. And then, this is one of the candidates for high school game of the week. Northeast, undefeated in the region, taking on the Spencer Green Wave, also undefeated in the region. That is going to be exciting, and I know that DJ Jones and Thrift Barringer from Sports Visions are going to be calling that game. I just think that is just an incredible atmosphere, and I'm curious to see how many fans they could pack in that stadium, because that stadium looks massive. I've actually seen it from the parking lot, and it looks really cool. All right, before I get into my high school game of the week, I have a poll on my Twitter page. What is the high school game of the week for week 10? And I got four choices. It was really hard to pick, but here are the four choices. You got Eagles Landing Christian Academy at Callaway. You got Schley County in Manchester, Shaw and Hardaway, and Northeast and Spencer. Right now, if you look at the poll, there's still a couple of days left to vote. If you look at the poll, Ekla at Callaway is leading the votes with 46% of the votes, followed by Schley County at Manchester, then Northeast at Spencer, then Shaw at Hardaway. Shaw is actually taking on Bainbridge tonight at Kennett Stadium. That is a very important game for the Shaw Raiders. They are 3-4. and four. They lost their first region game to the Cairo Syrup Makers the week before. As they are now starting region play, it's very important to get these region games. Shaw was on the bye last week. The week before, they dropped the contest to the Cairo Syrup Makers 34 to nothing. Cairo right now is 2-0 in the region after beating Hardaway last week 42-14. So next week at Kinnett Stadium, that is going to be a very important region game. Even though it seems like all eyes are going to be on Otis Spencer Stadium just for that state-of-the-art brand new stadium. It's going to be so exciting. We do have some other action in Week 9. We do have some other actions in Week 9. This is a huge region game for the Carver Tigers. At A.J. McClung Memorial Stadium tonight as they will take on Crisp County. Carver comes into this game 4-2 overall, 1-1 in region play. Crisp County comes into this game 4-3 overall and 1-1 in region play. Right now the Crisp County Cougars and the Carver Tigers are in a virtual tie for third place. Leading the region is Thomasville and Doherty. Carver still has to play Doherty at the end of the season. But last week, Carver dropped a heartbreaker to Thomasville, 15-14. to And for majority of that game, I thought that Carver was going to win. So Carver has got 
a huge test tonight against Chris County. Also in the region, but on the road, is the Columbus Blue Devils. Columbus right now 0-2 in the region. They are 2-5 overall. They are taking on the number one team in the region on the road, Thomasville. Remember, Thomasville was the runner-up in 2A for the state championship last year. Going over to the GIAA, you got St. Ampicelli, 6-1 overall, 1-0 in region play, taking on Strong Rock Christian, it's 2-5. St. Ampicelli, they're having an incredible season after beating Brookstone 29-21 to bring back the Brucelli Jug back to the campus of St. Ampicelli. They have beaten Brookstone for two years in a row now, and so St. Ampicelli is looking really good. Speaking of Brookstone, I know they're now 3-3, three and three, but they travel on the road to take on Crawford County. Crawford County, one of those single-A teams, if you're driving towards Macon, it's out of Roberta. They're in a little different division, but anytime you get a private school taking on a school from Division One, that's always an intriguing matchup. The Callaway Cavaliers, they are back in action at Callaway Stadium. They have won three straight. They will take on Towers, who's 0-5. And I hope they are not looking past Towers toward Eagles Landing Christian Academy. Because that is a massive game. I think this is going to win high school game of the week. I'll be honest with you. Even though I think that Schley County and Manchester are two local teams, and that is a very important game for region play, Eagles Landing Christian Academy. Everybody knows about it in this entire state. And they're playing Callaway. That is an incredible matchup. And I think it could win high school game of the week for next week. Some of the other games in single A, you got Schley County getting prepared for their big showdown with Manchester next week. But they will travel to Butler to take on Taylor County. Schley County comes into this contest 4-2 and two on the year. Taylor County is 2 and 4. Manchester, 4 and 2 overall, 3 and 0 in region play are traveling up to Greenville to take on the Patriots. You got Chaco, who's had a slow start so far, 2 and 4 overall, 0 and 2 in region play, taking on their border rival Marion County, who's 1-5, one 1-1 and one and one in region play. Central and Tableton still trying to pick up their first victory of the season. They are 0-6 overalls, 0-3 in region play, taking on Macon County, who's 1-5. Looking at some of the schools up in Noonan, I know a lot of them are on a bye, like Noonan, Stars Mill, Whitewater. They're all on a bye this week. But you do have McIntosh taking on Drew. You got East Coweta. 4-3 overall, 0-1 in region play. Taking on the alma mater of Julia Roberts. They are taking on Campbell, who's 1-5. Noonan is on a bye. And then this is a massive game. I'm surprised this is not the GPB high school game of the week that John Nelson and Matt Stewart calls. A big shout-out to that tandem that calls the GPB broadcasting. But you got Sandy Creek taking on Carver of Atlanta. Sandy Creek is 6-1. Carver of Atlanta is 5-1. This is such an incredible game. And I just want to see somebody call it. You also have the Trinity Christian Lions who are also on a bye. And I talked about how tight this region is with Troop County, LaGrange, Trinity Christian, Stars Mill, Whitewater. 
Trinity Christian is hosting the LaGrange Grangers in Sharpsburg next week. The Grangers are going to have to deal with those purple lights and that home crowd. And Trinity Christian is still undefeated in the region. And don't look now because on the 28th of October, they are taking on Troop County. And yes, that is going to be at Callaway Stadium. And that is going to be a candidate for high school game of the week as both teams undefeated in this region. All right, moving over to East Alabama. I knew I was going to get to it already. My high school game of the week, it was really a foregone conclusion when I started the poll. I didn't even know why I did this poll. Clearly, anytime Central plays Auburn, it is a big deal. It's the biggest rivalry in the Chattahoochee Valley when it comes to implications, playoff seedings, and they always meet in the playoffs. Somehow, someway, Central plays Auburn in the semifinals when we get to state playoffs. These two teams are powerhouses. They have a lot of talent that's going to be playing at the next level. And Auburn undefeated, and they have scored more than 31 points in each game. Their defense is getting better. They have that duo of Clyde Pittman and Davis Harson as the quarterbacks. And Central, the expectations for Central coming into the season was they could compete for a state title. I still believe that, even though they were upset by Opelika and they lost to IMG Academy. Central is 6-2 and two overall, 5-1 and one on the year. Head coach Patrick Nix has got a good quarterback in Jalen Epps. He's got his favorite target, Carmelo English. And Central has got playmakers on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball. This game is going to be played at Garrett Harrison Stadium, and I expect Central to win because they're playing at home. Now, if Central does win, they're in the driver's seat to win the region. Auburn knows if they win, they can lock up home field advantage, and they would not have to leave the Auburn area because the state playoffs are being held at Jordan-Hare Stadium this year. I am looking forward to this game. It's always a massive game when the Auburn Tigers take on the Central Red Devils. Up in Bulldog Stadium, you got the Enterprise Wildcats taking on the Opelika Bulldogs. You would think Opelika has had a down year. They're 5-3. and three. They're still 4-2 and two in the region. They're going to get in the playoffs. It's just a matter of where they're going to be if they're going to play games on the road. But the Opelika Bulldogs, they've had a successful season. Yes, they did lose to Prattville. They lost to Auburn. And they lost to Theodore. I mean, those are their losses. But they've only lost two games in region play. Opelika still has a game against Dothan at the end of the season. Is it possible that that game could determine who gets in the playoffs and who stays home? The Smith Station Panthers have had a tough season. 1-6, 1-4 in the region. They play a Saturday morning game in Montgomery against the Jefferson Davis Volunteers. Jefferson Davis is 2-5 overall, 1-4 in region play. We talked about before this season even started that Smith Station improved from last year's team that only won two games. I thought that Smith Station could win some of these games. I was looking at the schedule. I was thinking, well, yeah, they could beat Dothan. Uh, they could beat Benjamin Russell. They could beat Robert E. Lee. They could beat Jefferson Davis. But what I didn't expect 
was that Smith Station was going to beat Prattville. Soon as Smith Station beat Prattville, I was a believer in what the Smith Station Panthers could do. They've been putting up points. I mean, they put up a lot of points against Dothan. They put up a lot of points against Opelika. Smith Station is competing. They do have heart. They did lose to Opelika 31-14 last week. I got to say, their next two games are winnable games. Jefferson Davis and Robert E. Lee until they wrap up the season against the Auburn Tigers. So head coach Mike Glisson has got the Smith Station Panthers believing. And they've had a pretty good year. I mean, you can't take that away from them. I was there up in the broadcast booth with Corey Bank when we called one of the biggest upsets in high school football this year when Smith Station knocked off Prattville. Going over to the AISA Triple A, this is a big matchup for playoff implications. Glenwood, who started the year 0-2, after beating Monroe Academy last week, they are now 4-3 and 4-1 in the region. They are in a virtual tie with Morgan Academy, who they're facing next week, and then they wrap up the season with Chambers Academy. I don't think anybody's catching Lee Scott Academy. I think Lee Scott Academy is going to go undefeated. They're going to have a perfect seeding, and I think that they're going to win the state title. They're just that good, and that's why I had them up there in my rankings. Glenwood takes on Atuga Academy, who's 3-3 three and three overall, 2-3 and three on the year. Speaking of those Lee Scott Academy Warriors, 7-0 overall, 5-0 in region play, taking on Valiant Cross Academy in Auburn, Alabama, who's 2-3 overall, 2-4 overall, and 2-3 in region play. Looking at some of the other teams, you know the poke away is working. 7-0 overall, 5-0 in region play, taking on Maplesville, who's 5-2 overall. Lochapoca, the Indians, they have the Auburn commit J.C. Hart. Head coach Rico Newton said it's state title or bust. Lochapoca, if you look at their team last year, they lost in the first round. But getting all these players back, they know what's ahead of them. And they know that they could win a state title. And I just love the way that Lochapoca is playing football. All right, so you got Lynette. After getting a big win over Lafayette last week, they're taking on Goshen, who's 5-3. Valley and Elmore County, both teams are 1-3 in the region. Valley is 3-4 overall. Elmore County is 4-3. That's going to be a good game. The Beauregard Hornets are still undefeated. They're taking on Central of Clay County, who's also undefeated in the region. So this is a very big region game for both teams, as Central of Clay County is 5-2. By the way, Central of Clay County is going to be Russell County's opponent in a non-region contest next week. And Corey and I will be calling that game. Speaking of the Russell County Warriors, Corey and I will be at Russell County tonight to call the Russell County Park Crossing game. It is homecoming. Also, Sports Visions is going to be out there giving free COVID-19 vaccination shots. And if you are not vaccinated and you get your shot, you get a $50 gift card. But if you're going for your booster shot, you get a $25 gift card. So it's a nice incentive. Great that Sports Vision is going to be out there. Looking forward to it. All right, so you got a big matchup in AISA AA as Chambers Academy. Chambers Academy, I'm telling you. Look at what this team has done. 
five and two. They have won five straight games. Taking on Macon East Montgomery Academy, who's five and two as well, but they are one and one in the region play. Chambers Academy is two and zero oh in region play, and then you have the Ufala Tigers. Now, Ufala lost a tough game last week to Charles Henderson, but the Ufala Tigers come in at six and two overall, three and one in the region, and they're taking on Rehoboth. Rehoboth is three and five overall. Another big game. I think Highland Home's going to win a state title. I really do. Highland Home just looks unstoppable. They are on the road against Lafayette. Lafayette only has a couple more games left, and then they are going away. So I know Lafayette wants to try to get some of these wins. The Hanley Tigers, 7-1 overall, 3-1 in region play, taking on Cleburne County. Hanley looks good. I know they lost that one game to Aniston. Aniston has got a hold on to this region. But the Hanley Tigers have had so much success from winning their state title in 2020. And I got to say, a big shout out to Randolph County. Because Randolph County is 7-0 on the year. Remember, this team only won one game last year. Randolph County is taking on Beulah. So we've had a lot of games on Friday and and one game on Saturday. But I think it's about that time in the show to reveal. I think it's about that time on the show to recap my top 10 for East Alabama and West Georgia. I do this every week. I reveal it on Mondays and I recap it on my Friday high school football show. So let's go starting with East Alabama. Here we go. Number one, it's Auburn. Auburn's 7-0 on the year, 5-0 in region play. They're in the driver's seat. They're taking on Central tonight, the high school game of the week. Central looks great, but Auburn set the tone in their first two games of the season. They look like the more impressive team, beating Hoover 17-14 and then beating Enterprise. Two road games. And Auburn just continues to win. Coach Etheridge has got their team believing in their two-quarterback system with Clyde Pittman and Davis Harson. Number two, Lee Scott Academy. I mean, why not? Lee Scott Academy just dominates everybody they play. They dominated Bessemer Academy 49 to nothing on the road last week. And as they take on Valiant Cross Academy today... Lee Scott Academy looks good. Their only test, and really, it was still a blowout, was a 35-16 win over Glenwood. Number three, Central. They're 6-2. Their two losses, one to IMG Academy, one to Opelika on a field goal in overtime. But you got to look at their body of work. Their impressive win over Hewitt Trustful. 37-21 to start week one. Dominating Smith Station 38 to nothing. Yeah, it was a close game against Dothan, but Central dominated Robert E. Lee 54 to 14 last Thursday night. I really don't know where I'm going to put Central if they do lose to Auburn because you got a lot of talented undefeated teams underneath Central that I could move up. And like I said, 
I don't factor in whether you're 7A, 6A, or 1A, or AISA. If your path to the state title is more clear, you're going to get a higher ranking on my list. Number four, Lochapoca. The Lochapoca Indians continued their dominance, and they continue to be undefeated on the season. They are 7-0, 5-0 in region play. And after beating Atugasville 22-18 last week, they get ready for a big showdown today against 5-2 Maplesville. The winner of this game is going to be in the driver's seat to win 1A Region 4 because right now Maplesville is also 5-0. Because right now Maplesville is also 5-0. Number 5, it's Beauregard. 7-0, but they also are in a battle for the region as they take on Central of Clay County. Both teams undefeated in this region, so this could determine where they might be in the playoffs or if they'll even host a home playoff game. Number six, Opelika. They pretty much got to win their games to get into the playoffs. I know they've had a tough season, but they're still five and three, making that transition from 6A to 7A, and they've played a lot of tough opponents. They got a tough opponent tonight against the Enterprise Wildcats who are fighting for their playoff lives. I got Opelika at six. Number seven, the Handley Tigers. Yeah, you're right. They have one loss. That one loss was to Aniston, the best team in the region. The way they were able to beat Talladega last week was so impressive. They take on Claiborne County today, and Handley's just trying to keep pace with Aniston. Number eight, Eufaula. They dropped in my rankings after losing to Charles Henderson, and they are now 6-2 on the season. Eufaula takes on Rehoboth, and they've got a border war next week. And I wanted this to be one of the high school games of the week, but it's on the road. They play Early County. That is pretty cool that they're actually doing an Alabama-Georgia showdown this late in the season. Number nine, Realtown. I'm surprised Realtown has not played more games. But Realtown, located out of Notasaga, Notasaga always gets the credit. But you look at what Realtown has done. 5-1 overall, 5-0 in region play. Big game tonight against Laverne. And then don't look now, but next week, the big showdown against Highland Home. Like I said, I think Highland Home is going to win the state title. Number 10, Chambers Academy. They are 5-2 thanks to winning five straight games for the Chambers Academy Rebels. After last Thursday night's impressive win over Abbeville Christian Academy, 56-7. Chambers Academy is back at it against Macon East Montgomery Academy. Both teams are 5-2. and two. And I really could put Glenwood right here as well. I mean, Glenwood's on the outside looking in. It's just that Chambers Academy's record is very impressive. And their two losses are to probably two very talented teams. Lee Scott Academy and First Presbyterian Day out of Macon, Georgia. All right, that was the top 10 for East Alabama. Now let's go over to West Georgia. Number one, and they pretty much have been number one all year, the Troop County Tigers. 
What can you say about them? 7-0. They're on the bye. Next week, they play Fayette County. I expect them to be 8-0. Their last two games is going to show what this Troop County Tigers team is made of. Trinity Christian, who's still undefeated in the region, and then their crosstown rival, and then their crosstown rival, the LaGrange Grangers. I expect Troop County to be top of this region, top of my rankings, probably all the way until the season ends, until we get to playoffs. Number two, St. Ampicelli. They bring the Bruccelli Jug back to their campus after holding off the Brookstone Cougars 29-21. to They had a huge lead on the Cougars, but the Cougars clawed their way back into the game, but St. Ampicelli was able to hold on for the victory. Head coach Dwight Jones has got a great squad, but I love the way that athletic director Corey Black really supports his team and hypes up the Vikings because it is a tradition. It is great to be a Viking. And they have a tradition of winning at St. Ampicelli, not just at football, but all sports. And I have them number two in my rankings because I think that they got a clear path to win a state title for the GIAA. But they got to get by Strong Rock Christian Academy today. Number three, LaGrange. LaGrange is also on a bye. But they have a massive game in Sharpsburg next week against the Trinity Christian Lions. Oh, I cannot wait for that. Number four, the Carver Tigers. Losing a heartbreaker on the road to a Thomasville team 15-14. to Look, there's no shame there. That was a tough road opponent. Thomasville won the state title. Thomasville was the runner-up for AA, in, for the state title for AA last year to Fitzgerald. I mean, Carver is not dominant like they were last year, but they're still a great team. I believe they're the most talented team in Columbus. If you want to count Carver, I have Carver ranked ahead of Northside. Number five, Callaway. They're taking on Towers today. They've won three straight after starting the year 0-3. What's most important is that Callaway is winning these games in the region. Because next week, Ekla is coming to Callaway Stadium. And I cannot wait for that game. Number six, Northside. Now they're 7-1. And, and they're 2-0 and in the region with two more games left to go. Northside is really looking good with their running back, Malachi Hosley. Number seven, Schley County, 4-2. and two. And then you got number eight, Manchester, 4-2. and two. And these two teams are on a collision course next week to face off against each other. Then number nine, the Spencer Green Wave. They're 5-2. and two. They're currently on a bye, but what Spencer did last week, beating Southwest on the road 23-7, and they've also beaten Rutland, and they've beaten Kendrick. They are 3-0 right now, but they have a showdown with one of the best teams in 2A, Northeast, who beat Carver, by the way. I mean, that's how good Northeast is. And they play them next week at Otis Spencer Stadium. I expect the home crowd for the Spencer Green Wave to be very lively. That has got to be the best home field advantage for Spencer because that stadium is just a block away from the campus. And number 10, 
I, I had to move them down in my rankings because they did lose again the Calvary Christian Knights. I mean, they are 5-3, and three, and they take on the Keens Academy tonight, but they lost to Creekside Christian Academy last week, and it was a very close game. They lose 41-40. to 40. They're still a very talented team. They play at the GAPPS level. And they have one of the best running backs in the nation, Jaden Mason. That's why I've kept Calvary Christian here at number 10. Some honorable mentions that I could have thrown in there at number 10. Brookstone, they are 3-3. Three and three. You know, I, I look at a Herd County, I'm thinking, is, is that in the Chattahoochee Valley? All right. I think it's about that time to bring on my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank, as we are going to recap that Glenwood-Monroe Academy game. We are going to preview Russell County Park Crossing. You don't want to go anywhere. We'll be right back with Corey. Welcome back to the show. I've got my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank. And before we call this Russell County Park Crossing game tonight, we are going to recap the game that we called last week. As we were up in Glenwood, and they defeated Monroe Academy 36 to nothing. Corey, first of all, before we get started, how are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenal, Richard. That's great. Yeah, I'm really excited. You know, the high school football season is almost over. We just have a few more games to call, including homecoming for Russell County tonight. We are going to preview that game against Park Crossing. But let's recap that Glenwood game over Monroe Academy. Glenwood is now 4-3 and three on the year, 4-1 and one in region play. It was a dominating win from start to finish. All three phases of offense, defense, and special teams were all clicking for the Glenwood Gators. What was your reaction to their big win over Monroe Academy? incredible statement at this point in time in the season they fired on all cylinders like you said Richard quarterback Dallas Crow showed at this point in the season that he is a leader a pocket passer with the ability to run that RPO to perfection we saw him dialing it up all night to his favorite receiver Aaron Burton which he showed that he's a Swiss army knife in that game Richard, they used Aaron Burton out in the slot. He was running a lot of slant routes, and Aaron Burton in the game, dynamic. Whenever he caught the ball, it looked like it was over a first down. Every single time he caught that football, two touchdowns in the game. JT Banks, we saw in the scouting report prior to that game, he was a little banged up, but JT Banks, when he did have the opportunity to carry the football, he was driving the pile, getting out to the second level, and getting on the outside. And he ran one up the middle, gassed it open for a touchdown. So he dialed it up there. Now, the other Burton brother, Lamont Burton, was all over the field on both sides. As an outside backer, he was making incredible plays, going sideline to sideline, and filling holes as an outside backer and playing great defense in terms of the run game because that Monroe Academy team was running the football all night long. It looked like about 90% of their snaps were runs. A lot of the RPOs and running between the tackles in that regard. Now that defensive front of the Glenwood Gators penetrating in the backfield 
a guy that stepped up in the game. Their defensive end, lining up in the Y9 technique, Samaj A. Williams, stepping up. He had a couple sacks in the football game, and they were just converging the football all night long. Now the offensive line was also impeccable. Their pass blocking was dynamic, keeping the pocket open for Dallas Crow all night long. A convincing win, and they were dialing it up. Amazing. They pitched a shutout, and this is definitely a team that's going to go into the playoffs, Richard. We don't know what they're going to be going into it for seeding-wise, but this was a purpose game to show the Glenwood Gators are the real deal. They are currently in second place in the region, tied with Morgan Academy. Lee Scott Academy is in first place, still undefeated in the region, and the Glenwood Gators will take on Atuga Academy tonight, followed by Morgan Academy next week. We will have the final game. It's a non-region game. We're calling it on October the 28th against Chambers Academy. And that is a rivalry game because both of these schools are in the Chattahoochee Valley. And I'm looking forward to going back to Glenwood for the final time in a couple of weeks. That is for sure. All right, let's talk about Russell County. Not having the season they wanted, 1-6 and six after losing to Pike Road, 40-7. to seven. They are 0-6. In They are 0-5 in region play. They are eliminated from the playoffs. But with three games left to play, they have winnable games. If they finish the season strong, that will carry momentum into year three for head coach Dylan Griggs. I know there was a lot of expectations for Russell County this year, but they have fought and they have some talented players. Tonight, it's homecoming. If they're taking on Park Crossing. Park Crossing has not won a single game all year. This is a region opponent, and Russell County has got to get this win. I mean, anything to build confidence into the next two games after this. But I'm telling you, Corey, I mean, we've called the majority of Russell County's games. We've called all their home games. We have seen this Russell County team up close. They do have playmakers. It just all has to come together. Something has got to come together. Like their first game of the season when they beat Harris County. I A lot of these things that happened, I mean, first of all, they're in a very tough region, by the way. You got Carver Montgomery, the, the Lanier Poets, Wetumpka, and Pike Road. Those four teams right there could compete for a state title. Russell County is in a very tough division i mean they lost to stanhope elmore they shouldn't have lost to stanhope elmore and they shouldn't have lost to valley those were two games right there that russell county could have easily won and they would be three and four instead of one and six but Corey, what do they need to do to get the win over the park crossing thunderbirds what they need to do richard drew pickett he didn't play in last week's game he's got to be the running back of all he needs to have a day. He's going to rush over 100 on the ground, Richard. They control the football. He needs to be able to run in between the tackles, break those tackles, get out to the second level, show that he's got the track speed that we're looking for all day. He also has to be dynamic in the pass game when he's got to catch those screens, get out to the outside, use the speed, and show exactly why he is a Wake Forest commitment. Now, Robert Calhoun, we've seen him improve in regards to pocket presence and being able to complete passes. He's gotten quick release off the football these last couple of games we've seen him play. 
But all in all, he needs to do a better job throwing the deep routes. So the deep flag routes, the deep go routes. His favorite route on the route tree to throw all year seems to be the slant route. He's been great when he's able to complete it. But we've seen teams, Richard, they know that Robert Calhoun is going to go with his first read to the slot wide receiver like Castillo or a Cameron Bullock over the middle in that regard, and A.J. Black. He needs to get the ball to A.J. Black a lot more in these last couple of games. That hasn't been the case. Cameron Bullock is their leading receiver on the year. And A.J. Black is a dynamic player. When you have him line up in the slot and you bring him in motion for jet sweeps and he's able to catch bubble screens, finds the crease in the defense, that's what A.J. Black is all about. I know him. They've used him at quarterback uh, for direct snaps in that regard. But once he finds a crease, he's very fast and very hard to tackle. Dynamic player. What I need to see them do more of is use him on all facets of the game. We saw him u- being used last time we called the game, Richard, as a corner. We saw what he did. He actually looked good. I think they're going to have to use him as an Iron Man role. A great athlete. I feel like he has been used to his capability. He's great on the medium routes, uh, running the slant routes over the middle of the field. We need to let him be a spark. He's a dynamic player. They need to do a better job of using him. Now, another guy that's going to have to be dynamic in this game, that is Presley. Presley is one of the leading tacklers on this team at the linebacker position. Very good run-stuffing linebacker. He needs to do a better job of pass coverage. Pass coverage has been something that is not a strong suit, but in terms of the run game, he's stout, and he's able to fill the necessary holes. Now, Jordan Williams, linebacker, he's going to have to be this all-around athlete that he's been. We've seen him make crucial plays on sacks, and he's actually a really decent pass-defending linebacker. He's an absolute beast. He's able to navigate and survey the field, has great angles to the football, a very elite athlete, and he could clog up the holes when you need to. He's a great athlete, and he must step up in the games. But the guy who I think is the most impressive player on this defense, that would be Don Quavius Crawford, absolute ball hawk of a defender. He's going to have to step up. He could play against your nickel and play as a nickel and playing in the slot. He also could be the guy that's guarding your X and Y receivers. He's a lockdown corner, and they need him to step up. He's also very good in open field, and he's an excellent tackler on the run. When they get when teams get out to the outside layer, it seems like he is able to uh, really keep these plays from being big gainers a lot of times. So those plays where, let's say you don't really have a great hard-hitting linebacking uh, like, like corner who's able to hit like a linebacker, I think he... You, I think they might have to use him more than playing cornerback. I think they need to use him a little bit at safety, even though they don't really do so. He's not a normal corner. You can line up in safety, and he will play. I think in some packages, Coach uh, Dylan Griggs needs to do a different aspect with Don Quavis Crawford. C- compared to what I've seen, the next level, they beat him up a little bit. He could be a free safety. He doesn't have to be a corner. I think he's going to go play some college ball. Now, on the defensive line side of the ball, James Todd's been a dynamic player getting in between the tackle box and really getting up the field in the holes. 
And uh, MJ Williams has been doing a great job in that regard. Now, on the offensive line side of the ball, Parker Pritchett has been a really defense offensive lineman. And this team is going to have to be consistent all night long in dialing up. It's going to be a group effort. And Kelston Tarver is going to have to be put in this football game in multiple places. That means, Richard, they're going to ha- we need to see more Kelston Tarver than just lining up in the backfield. A Swiss Army Knife-like player, only a freshman, Popcorn Tarver, needs to be lined up as a slot wide receiver. They need to use him on jet sweeps. I'm trying to tell you that this guy should not be only used as a one-dimensional running back. They're going to have to line him up in the slot. They're going to have to line him up uh, for match mismatch relations as in the backfield and jet sweep motions. He can all taste his low crease for him to get to the house, and he's one of the hardest players to tackle because I've seen him shrug off tacklers. They need to get creative and get the ball in the hands of Kelston Tarver, Drew Pickett, Robert Calhoun, A.J. Black, and Cameron Bullock in this game if they're going to be proficient. Park crossing is 0-8 on the season. And they didn't even win a, a single game last year. I know this park crossing team. I saw them in action last season. It was the first game that I called as the public address announcer when Russell County took on park crossing. Now they lost on the field 23 to 21. I remember going back and watching that game on YouTube, but it was a forfeit win for the Russell County Warriors. So Russell County finished six and four last year. But uh, just to be fair, Three of those wins were forfeit wins. I mean, this team is going to grow. It's going to continue getting better. But it's homecoming. There's going to be a lot of alumni there. They're having a tailgate before the the start of the game. Sports Visions, DJ Jones, and Thrift Barons are going to be out there giving out free COVID-19 vaccinations. And if, if you're a first-time, you get a free gift card. I mean, so it's, it's a big event. This has got to be just a big showing Russell County has just got to showcase their talent and beat a much inferior opponent. I mean, they've got to get this win. I mean, Park Crossing has not won a single game all year. They've been outscored 240 to 75. I mean, some of the scores, I mean, they lost to Pike Road 52 to 8. They lost to Carver Montgomery 31 to nothing. They've lost to Wetumpka 27 to 8. I mean, they haven't even been competitive in these games. Something's got to give. I believe that Russell County has got to show what they're made of and come on out and get this win. Absolutely, Richard. It's going to be a group effort from both sides of the football in order for them to take care of this team. All right, let's talk about Smith Station. You know, we only called two Smith Station games. The last Smith Station game we called, they beat Prattville in a huge upset. And Smith Station lost to Opelika at Bulldog Stadium at, um, last Friday night. Well, they have a, a special Saturday morning game because they have to travel to Montgomery to take on Jefferson Davis, which is a winnable game. They will wrap up the season against Auburn, but they do play Robert E. Lee for homecoming. The thing about Smith Station, they, they, they do have a lot of fight. In them. I've, I'm very impressed with this team. I think the head coach, Mike Listen, has done a great job. They have got some playmakers. Not the record they wanted, one and six, but if they can get these wins over Jefferson Davis and Robert E. Lee, then they can get three wins and they can continue to improve on their season from last year. 
But, man, Corey, I'm telling you, these Saturday games, I mean, these high schools in Montgomery, Lanier, Carver-Montgomery, Park Crossing, Jefferson Davis, Robert E. Lee, they all play in one high school stadium, and it is the home of Alabama State University. They all play on the same field, and that's why you have these Saturday morning games. That's why you have these Thursday night games, because the schedulers schedule these home games for these schools in Montgomery, and sometimes you play your Saturday morning game, and that's what Smith Station's doing. They're traveling to Montgomery Saturday morning to play a Saturday morning game and then heading back. I mean, so it is what it is, but Jefferson Davis is 2-5. and five. I think that Smith Station can can get the win here over uh, Jefferson Davis. What do you think? Definitely a possibility, but they're going to have to have a great day. Jackson Greer is going to have to have a day where his RPO is going to have to be ran to perfection, and it's going to have to be running through the tackle box, picking his opportunities, and truly surveying the field. Now, he's also going to have to get outside the tackle box. We, lo- we know he loves making those throws to Devin Pierman. And Devin Pierman on this ball club, he returns kicks. He lines up as a slot wide receiver, your X or Y receiver. They can line him up in the backfield. The guy, once he finds a little crease in the defense, he is gone, Richard. Devin Pierman is going to have to be a dynamic player. Quinton Brooks is going to have to have a decent day running between the tackles in order for this Smith Station team to have a chance against Jefferson Davis. It's going to have to be that just that between those players. Now on the defensive side of the ball, this is the part of the dogfight that they need to have, which is their defensive line gets a lot of penetration in the backfield. They fight a lot of teams hard. They have to make this game nasty, and they have to make it physical. And then they have to have a big day from, like you said, like I said, Devin Pierman's going to have to have a big day. Quinn Brooks is going to have to make it proficient where he runs in between the tackles so that Jackson Greer can dial up the RPO and get outside because it's a run-first team that then creates the opportunities throwing the football. That's what I think Smith Station's got to do in this ballgame, and they certainly can get it done. And also, not to mention, but their talented linebacker, Marion Wesley Hagen, who's one of the best linebackers in the state of Alabama. He's got to have a good game against these Jefferson Davis volunteers. And I'm just looking forward to all these high school matchups. And I'm looking forward to calling that Russell County Park Crossing game with you tonight. I will see you up in the press box at the county. Yes, Richard, it should be a great opportunity for Russell County to take down Park Crossing, get back into winning row, Richard. All right, so we have two more games left. Next week, we're back at Russell County. They will take on Central of Clay County out of Lineville. They're actually looking pretty good. They're 5-2. and two. They have a huge game uh, coming up against Beauregard. And then our final game is Glenwood and Chambers Academy. Uh, Chambers Academy, one of the top teams in the AISA. They've rattled off five wins. And then, what do you think? Playoffs? Possibly? There's a possible chance that we could be calling some playoff games? We won't know until we're told so. Remember that. We won't know until we are told so. But... That Glenwood team is, in fact, going to the playoffs, Richard. 
Oh, yeah. Glenn was going to go to the playoffs. Whether or not that's a home game or a road game, Glenwood right now is in very good shape. They just got to find a way to beat Morgan Academy. And so that can actually secure a possible home playoff berth. But it's it's weird how Alabama's high school season ends the end of October. Georgia's still going on that first week in November. you got big games in the first weekend of November to include Troop County and LaGrange. And then Georgia's playoffs will start. We'll continue having these high school football shows all the way up through playoffs. Once we stop calling games, we'll still analyze these uh, teams in the playoffs. Because, uh, Corey, we got high school football all the way till mid-December. I mean, that's that's amazing how like you have these teams in the Chattahoochee Valley that made incredible runs to the state playoffs last year to include Central and Carver. It's certainly true, Richard. It's going to be a great ride, and it always is, and it's always a pleasure calling these podcast broadcasts with you, and even better, the play-by-play. Corey, I really had fun calling these games, and I've had fun doing this podcast with you as well. I mean, we've been doing this for about a month now, and and we've seemed to hit our groove, and, and your podcast is actually being very successful. So thank you again, and uh, thank you, everybody for listening to another episode of the Friday Night Lights High School Football Preview Review Show for Week 9. I am so excited about these matchups tonight. I hope you enjoy all the high school football games in the Chattahoochee Valley. And we'll talk to you next week. As I am Corey Banks, you've been listening to the Sports Beat on the high school preview show on WQEE 99.1. The host, Richard Holdridge, and myself, Corey Bank. Have a wonderful night, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.